What up, Space Cowgirl? Are you ready? I'm ready. So there's SpaceX, there's Blue Origin. Did I say it right this time? Yeah. And then there's also Virgin Galactic. This is episode number 32. Hello, this is the one and only Alvin Shea. Hey, you. I see you got that Red Rider BB gun for Christmas. Finally. Nice job, kid. Yeah. We have a very important message for you at the end of this show. And also at the end of this episode, we have a very special message from, yeah, you guessed it, Little Orphan Annie for her Secret Society members. So make sure everyone you know is joining our Patreon page right now. Here are your hosts, LaFool and A. Last time we were talking, we were talking about going to space, going to Mars in particular, which will happen as soon as 2026. And if you had the opportunity, would you be willing to go live on Mars? Yes. And I think that 2026 mark is not a manned mission, but I'm not sure. I thought 2025 was an unmanned mission. That 2026 was the first time they were actually trying to put people up there. But um, really? Yeah. Hey, so do you want to go to Alaska next winter? Sure. Okay, be careful what you wish for. We'll go for sure. We'll go to someplace really, really cold. I only say that because we can't go to Antarctica. I don't think that there's tours to Antarctica. No, but I spent three months in the middle of winter on the South Island in New Zealand, where you had to basically wear six layers of clothing. Was it fun? It was fun and it was cold. That's kind of going to be what Mars is like. You're acting like on Mars, you can just like jump up and go, oh, I'm going to go outside for a walk. You can't. That's not how Mars works. No, you can't leave the bubble. Yes, you're going to be inside in a environmentally controlled thing. So unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong, it's not going to necessarily be that cold in there. And if it gets that cold, yeah, you're going to freeze to death if they can't fix it. Well, you can put on a suit and go outside, and then you can hop in the vehicle and take the Land Rover around. So you will be able to get outside of the bubble. I think that people up there are going to get island fever. When I just worked in the military, you were on what was called a FOB, a Fort Operating Base. If you didn't leave the FOB, somebody described it as island fever to me. He's like, dude, this is what it's like to be on some of the islands. Like When you can't get off, you get this feeling after a while. After about 30 days of being there... It hit me hard one day. It's like, ah, oh, I just got to get out of here. And I think that's what it will be like. You've been on a ship before at sea for long periods of time, right? I've spent time on an island. I've spent time in the middle of the desert. If you needed to, you could drive to town or take a dinghy to the next island. There are people with different kind of personality characteristics. I am probably one of the ones that is less likely to get a lot of cabin fever. For instance, you leave your house almost every day to go to work. I haven't been to work in 11 months. I leave my house maybe once a month and the rest of the time I'm fine. Yeah, I, I get that. But I'm telling you, when I was on that fob, I've traveled around. I've been in the desert. I've been here. I've been there. There was a feeling that I had when the premise of my brain told me this is as far left as I can go, as far east, as far west, as far north, as far south. And I could feel the walls. I could feel the area that I was enclosed in. Mm. It was a very different feeling. 
And my friend said, goes, yeah, dude, like on the island, you can hop on a boat and go off the island sometimes and it feels good. But if you don't do that, you can feel your limitations. That's something that may be unique to humans, especially because our gravity will be different now. Your gravity will be different on Mars. But more than that, your compass is not set. Your compass is an Earth compass. Right. Your compass will be completely off. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people that go mad by just not having that Earth compass. That, like, who knows what controls us at our core? Who knows what's in the center of the Earth that keeps us balanced, that gives us that compass? We uh, sometimes have to look at the stars and see north. Ah, I look at the star. There's a North Star, boom, and your mind relines. Right. You're not going to have that on Mars. You will have new finger posts. Your sky and your star system will look slightly different than it does here on Earth. But it's not like you're not going to see the same constellations. I forget what a day on Mars is. Day on Mars. 24 hours, 37 minutes, very close to Earth's sidereal day. Even that is not going to feel completely alien. Right. I do think that your argument about feeling closed in and limited and in a completely new environment where everything you're experiencing is new, you have very little to base it on. Right. I think that can throw a lot of people into disarray and psychological breakdown. I still want to go. I think we're more attached to the sun than we realize. Like on Earth, a year is 365 days. There are people that get all boohooey when they don't even get their normal climates. On Mars is like, what, 600 something another? 687 days. That's going to be a change. And that's not to include the little things that we take for granted, like vitamin D. Does vitamin C even exist there? Do any of the essential vitamins that we need? It's not like going from the East Coast to the West Coast or going from the U.S. to Sahara Africa, right, or Sub-Sahara Africa, or even going from here to the Antarctic. If you're gone and something's missing, guess what? You have to rely on Earth to bring it to you. I will be surprised if anybody comes back off the Mars trip. I think, in general, the people who go are willing to leave Earth forever. You know who is coming back? Who? The pilots. The super duper rich guy that's going down there, he's going to go and say, okay, people, establish this for you. We've got it set. Don't drink a lot of water. I'll be back in two years. Whoa, 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 where are you going, Doc? I'm going back to Earth. Well, you're not going back. You're not leaving us here. That conversation is going to happen someday. No, it's not because everybody's going to know that they're expected to stay there. You're not just taking a joyride. Well, I mean, you may spend two or $300,000 to take the joyride to Mars and come back. But there are people who would have every intention of creating a new civilization up there. Give them two years up there, and when the second round of ships comes, they may be first in line going, get me the hell off this planet. That's what I'm saying. But they're not setting off with that intention. Okay. Just make a note of it. I think that the super-duper rich guys, especially the guy that's piloting the ship to go there, I'm going to wager your friendly bet that he's going to be the first guy wanting to come back. I I think I left the water running back home. His job is not to fly the ship and just leave it there and hang out. The second trip that comes, they can send extra pilots to go nice and fresh and can come right back to Earth. If you're on Mars, you're not coming back to Earth. Newsflash, y'all. We're not letting them come back to Earth. I ain't leaving this planet. This is my planet right here. My planet. But (laughs) I got no intention of leaving it. I might go and do a little outer space thing with Virgin uh, Virgin Galactic and look down at the big orange ball, all the diamonds on it. 
I'm down for that. I might take up Eddie Bravo and a few other people I know out in England and other places that are flat earthers to see the look on their face when they're like, this is real. <laughs> and I might even someday, if the price is really cheap, go to the moon. Do you know that people are mortgaging their houses just to do some of those Virgin Galactic trips? They're $250,000. Yep. So you're giving up everything to go to Mars. It's two different mindsets. There are people... And I am one of these when it comes to certain things who are tourists who just want to go see that thing and have that experience. Like, dude, I have to go there. I want to have that experience. I'm willing to pay for it. And then you have the mindset that says, I am willing to give up everything that I know to set humanity on a broader course. And I'm willing to work and die for that. And more power to them. If they want to go, I will happily let them go. I guess that's how we thin up the herd a little bit here. A little more room for me. And so a little more room for us. I'm down with them going. I just see it a little differently. So what do we call you kind of people? Martians. I think to be called a Martian, first off, you have to be born on Mars. This is my take, number one. But I meant like a person who's willing to risk their life for the sake of humanity. If you're a soldier and you're in combat, and you risked your life for your friends, you're considered a hero. And if you're a soldier and you fought for your country and you served your country, you came back, you're considered a patriot. Right. What a patriot is not is a lunatic that attacks the Capitol building. That's not a patriot. <laughs> That's a lunatic, just to be clear. We were having such a nice time talking about space and not politics. You couldn't help yourself. We're getting back to that because I want to make clear what's not a patriot. However, a person that is willing to risk their life for the sake of humanity to go into space, knowing they may not return, that humanity may be advanced. I'm unsure what we call that type of person. Astronauts face that same question every single time they get rocketed into space, whether it was the first people that ended up on the moon or the folks that continue to serve on the space station or, you know, who did missions on the space shuttle. You're launching off the Earth on a huge rocket full of combustibles. And we saw, at least with the Challenger, what happens when something very small goes wrong there. So perhaps you call them astronauts. Yeah, rest in peace to them. But yeah, that's a very valid point. Maybe rather than being a patriot, you're an astronaut. If you're willing to strap yourself into a rocket and hurl yourself into space for the sake of humanity... I guess you can be considered an astronaut. Hey, little girl, when you grow up, what do you want to be? An astronaut. Good luck to you, kid. Good luck to you. <laughs> the first wave is going to be rich folk. You don't necessarily want everybody who goes on the first couple of launches to be rich because they're not necessarily going to want to do some of the hard work. There's building that has to be done. There's gardening that has to be done. There's all kinds of things. So if you load it down with a bunch of rich people, perhaps not all of those folks are experienced in working with their hands, etc. Some of them are going to be, but you're going to want experts in a variety of fields you're going to want medical personnel. You're going to want people who understand engineering, people who understand farming, etc. So no, it's not just going to be rich people. I mean, when was the last time you sent a group of rich people anywhere to accomplish something tangible, like building a ranch or a farm? I mean, rich people do that all the time, but they usually have to hire 
undocumented workers to get most of it done. Exactly. That's my point. So then you're saying that, that we should take some undocumented workers up there with us? Uh, well, they wouldn't be undocumented. They would be astronauts. And they would be first citizens of Mars and they would be Martians. Okay, so in other words, you're saying that we need to take some laborers for us. I'm not saying like a underpaid, poorly treated labor force. I'm saying take a group of people who know how to do physical labor. Hmm, interesting. You know what that sounds like to me? No. The military, which is going to be coming up there right behind them. So now you're going to have two bases up there. One starts in 2026 or so, other starts in 2033. I can assure you the military has just that. They have labor force, and Space Force will have funding, good long-term funding. I honestly believe that Elon Musk eventually will give in, and he'll take military funding. Didn't he take $1.6 billion from NASA? Do we consider NASA military? I shouldn't say military, I should say government. Yeah, he takes government funding. We all take government funding in one way or another. I think NASA's going there in 2033, but if we have Space Force, Space Force will be close behind. I don't know the, the relationship between NASA and Space Force at all. I don't think Space Force is going to announce it when they go. One day, Elon Musk's team is going to be like, hey, there's somebody landing here. Oh, it's just the U.S. Space Force. It's kind of hard to launch a rocket off the planet without anybody noticing. We'll see what Space Force does. They can launch them at, at sea. Who knows? I think that they're not going to be making the announcement. I think they're just going to go. It doesn't matter. Either way, when they get there, you will have a nice big batch of chocolate chip cookies waiting for them, won't you? Hey, welcome, guys. <laughs> I'm guessing that things like that are going to be, you know, hard to come by. Well, I'll make you a big batch before you leave so that you can take them with you of just the dough. We'll have to find a way to freeze it for whatever it is, three months, six months to get there. And put it in cryo, I guess. Yeah. I'll be like the astronaut who snuck a sandwich onto their trip to the moon. Did they? Yes. So proud of that one. Yeah, man. It's like, I got my sandwich. Yeah, there was a sandwich. Yep. So I'll make sure you have plenty of cookie dough. And you can give it to the soldiers when they arrive. <laughs> Okay, I can do that. And for the owner of that very special Red Rider BB gun, this is very important. Remember, don't shoot your eye out, kid! For all of you in the Orphan Annie Secret Circle, did everybody around you join our Patreon? I, I think you missed somebody. Pretty sure you did. So for now, here's a partial message. Nice effort, so keep up the good work, drink your Ovaltine, and stay tuned for further instructions. You're getting so close. Hang in there. Yours truly, A. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family. 
This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.